I'm Jody Whites, Results and Success Coach, and these podcasts teach you how to make significant changes to live your dreams, make a positive impact on the world, and drop your regrets. It's time for you to get spectacular. Welcome back to Your Spectacular Life. I'm Jody Weitz, your professional and strategic business coach, helping you get the life and create the work that you love. I am here with Nick Davies. Hi, Nick. Hey, Jody. All right, let me uh, just tell you a few things about Nick's experience that have led him to this point. He has 20 years across five locations and three countries doing leadership, mentoring, and consulting. He's got extensive business and corporate background with the financial services, and he has significant coaching training and continual learning with one of the biggest coaching organizations in the world. And he is also Primal Health Coach Institute certified. Lots of credentials. He's been to lots of places. Let's let's go ahead and start. All right, Nick, you've traveled the world. <laughs> you've gotten lots of training. And have you always wanted to be a coach? No, I haven't. And really, I didn't know what coaching was when I started it. Uh, except to say that's what I was doing the whole time. I just didn't realize. And I, in my 20 years of corporate experience before I started coaching, working for big banks all over the world, yeah, I spent a lot of my time on the people side, spent a lot of my time helping people get to their outcomes, looking at their where they're going, what holds them back, and I'm really coaching a mentor before I even knew what it was. But that's what the catalyst was to start in this journey. Yeah, sure. it sounds like um, you had a, a natural predilection for coaching because I've you know been in the corporate world with a number of managers, bosses, etc. And they weren't really about coaching. They were about telling you what they wanted to do. Um, do you think, yeah, I know. We're, Nick's rolling his head and his eyes right now. <laughs> I've had, yeah. And it sounds like you really, you know, this was something you naturally did. Can you tell me a little more about that? Yeah, it's the, it's the classic that if you go into a job or a role and you do good at it, get promoted into it and now suddenly you're the supervisor or the manager or of that area but no one really tells you how to do that and it's a very different skill set than just doing the technical part of that particular role i think part of part of what's helpful for me is that i was very young when i first started working and perhaps i wasn't impacted through it i'm just thinking about this right now through experience expectation or previous experience and I was a blank slate if you will and so being mm -hmm. in that those examples and I learned the hard way but that was really helpful for me to start to learn okay well how, how do I how do I get to the outcomes that we need to get to mm -hmm. but the tools really I'm working with are the people here and not the systems or even the process it's how do you create an environment where people want to go to the outcomes and understanding where people uh, where people want to go. Um, so I think that that's really the the start of it. Now I really start to think about it. 
It's, I haven't actually thought about that ever before. So thank you. <clears throat> yeah, um, that's great. Now, how young were you when you started in the in the financial industry? Sixteen. I did straight out of high school working oh in London. Yeah. My word, that is young. And you know, um, so when did you you know know that people? needed help in this way and by setting up a particular environment everybody would actually work more productively and happily my first experience of of working in a team where i was a supervisor i was probably 22 23 it was a small team a small team of four or five people and of course most of them were a lot older than me in that in an example but it always fascinated me how because technically I was very skilled at that point in what I was doing. So it wasn't challenging to do the technical stuff. It wasn't complex at all, really. Um, but I would, it would be amazing to me how that some people in the team would do go through the task and flow through it, get to the outcome, and others would be very frustrated to doing it. They'd get to where they wanted to go, but <laughs> be a lot more impactful on them and other people around them, you know, slamming the phones down and running outside get into the outcome and, and so that was really the start of understand starting to understand like what is it that drives people what's the difference because it wasn't experience they were roughly the same experience it wasn't a high level skill it was a fairly simple outcome and so what was the difference and back back then i didn't know that at all but if i look back now obviously it's hard it's easier to see because i can see the breadcrumbs joined up at the time i didn't even know it was a breadcrumb but that, that's my my the way i think about it at least my earliest recollection through that process yeah. And, you know, being so young, 22, and you mentioned everybody was older than you. How did, as a leader, how did you gain their respect and trust? Hmm. Trial and error, I think, at <laughs> that time. <laughs> right. I, I did have, by the time I was 24, 25, I did have a, a really good uh, leader in front of me uh, that was really helpful. I learned a lot from him in a couple of years. Um, but but it, it started from going, okay, well, like, like what type of outcome do I want here? And and now I can I know that that's the thinking of it. But at the time is I didn't think like that. It's just like, well, how do I get along with people? Like how it seemed to me that in order to to get to what I wanted, I would I, I would need to be able to get along with people to get to that outcome. And I I do remember that as being something that was I was aware of at that time in my life. Like in order to get to anything, I got to get along with people, right? And that. You can extend that very deeply because people were everything without without having an experience of uh, having the right people around you or any people around you where the relationship is good then even if what you're doing is fantastic it's like your life is not fulfilled because we need people we're social creatures and to have that relationship around us is so important right exactly so um you know what in the earlier years you know with really without a framework because it sounds like you've done tons of training how did you get the more challenging employees to follow what you believed in 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 the early days <clears throat> it was it was a, a thought process of what actually what really jumps out for me here jody is not the thought process of it is really what i observed in people behavior uh, working on trading floors and and environments where it was high pressure 
to be shouting and to be shouted at mm. was the norm just because of the sheer volume in the place mm -hmm. for one and expectation is that everything needs to get done now because we're literally in the move in the market and it could cost hundreds of thousands of pounds dollars whatever currency you want to look at in that moment and so what i observed was most people would respond to that in kind and that that they would they would tack emotions in to that and start to get more and more heated where it seemed to me that it made much more sense to be calm in those environments so people would start to come to me because they knew that I would be able to walk them through things and calm them down to get to the outcome. Now, not a deliberate set out to do that, but that's where it got to. And I got to be knowing the person that was calm under pressure. And that's where I, that's where I got to. And I leaned on that for a long time um, until that kind of ran out of its use also. And I started to understand there was the other, there's another side to that. Right. And, you know, we all, you know, in the midst of unsafety and, and chaos, we will always want to lean on somebody who's calm and clear thinking and just let's take a step back instead of, you know, being spun out by that chaos. So it sounds like, again, you had that natural way of being and that natural way of acting as uh, and a natural leader. So people would surround themselves around you and who you were and the way you acted. And um, tell me, when, uh, when did you start thinking about that? Maybe you could do this on a much bigger scale and make an impact with mm. your coaching. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on, Jody. It's it's the certainty. People people want certainty. Yes. If they can see it in someone, they follow that person. That's what a leader is. <laughs> when I when I lived in the Philippines, um, I that's when I really started my I tend to refer to as my personal development journey. Really starting to go ask myself, what do I want? What's happiness about? What is this all about? And I was in my mid twenties at the time, and I've been working for, for 10 years or so. But I still just had to ask myself what I wanted. And, and that's really what started the journey. And I started to read a bunch of books, start to think about like what is everything all about? Yeah, right. <laughs> how do how do we grow ourselves? <laughs> like, what, what do we want here? Like what's what is happiness and like what do I want to do when I grow up? You know, <laughs> right. Like, that, that's really the the start of the thought process. And if, even then it that was probably 12 years ago or even more now. And it then you know I, I moved to to America where I you know, where I met my wife and then it wasn't until I started working on Wall Street which I really got to that point it's like hey what what do I do what do I actually spend most of my time doing uh, in this industry and it was you know sitting doing one on ones with people in my team or even people outside of my team and coaching people through where they are to where they want to go and it's so to answer your question there was no moment it's easier again it's easier to look back now. But there was no moment. And of course, we always look for those catalyzing places where we can jump off. But the reality is most of the time it's just a it's a slow build, it's a slow burn. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think for if you think about wherever you might be in your journey, whether that's in business or that's in your career, wherever it might be, look for those small things, right? Those those tiny little things that kind of guide you in that on the way, but may not seem a big deal at the time. But it's the things that kind of if you can see a couple of examples of the same thing, you know, that it's worth following. I like that, you know, the small things, because 
this is life you know we we run into small things all the time whether we're paying attention or not or whether we have the desire to grow ourselves and to really listen and start talking to people reading books etc um you know everybody has access to small things and to generally people around them who are on a path that we really admire now you said you started uh your personal growth path was that with with uh books and anything you could recommend or was that um, some formal coaching training it was a combination of a couple of things. Number one, I was living in the Philippines on my own. And um, I, it was, I believe that in, environment is the biggest indicator of change. And I was in a place where I was on my own and and had a lot of time to think about things. And so that was a, there's enough pain to create leverage to do something. <laughs> right. Yeah. And rather than like living in London where I have my friends and you can go out and like there's, it's fine. Like I can get out of the pain. Like, oh, it's a bad week, but it's fine. That's how it's supposed to be. Whereas it's a lot to be said. Like if you're not sure about where you are and whether you want to change something, go make the pain worse because it'll give yourself <laughs> some leverage. I love that. Okay. Uh, Nick's first tip don't make the pain worse <laughs> listen to the pain yeah oh yeah i'd say go go make the pain worse like make it worse right so you get some leverage if you're not doing anything ah go 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 to a place where you where you give yourself more pain right because then it'll right. give you more leverage right um, unless but, you really have to get the point right <laughs> yeah right. exactly I, I think i need this lesson at least four or five more times right, right. a good indicator is if you're doing something about it then you, you're okay but if you're not doing something about it perhaps you need a bit more pain or a bit more of a compelling future but i didn't realize about that at the time but so that was one of the things another thing was also from a from a work perspective at the time the where i was working and we were serving hong kong or tokyo there was a lot of training opportunities mm. in terms of one day two day course courses mm. facilitated and i always i always gravitate to that stuff anyway surprise um and i so i signed myself up to as many of those as possible so a lot of that was on my mind and what i saw was that it was always a, a fall off of course right you go on a course for a day or two days it's like oh that's great and then you know in three days it's all gone because there's nothing immersive and the right. continuous about it right. that's number two and then um, number three, yes, books. The first book that I read in that genre was Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective oh, People. Love that, yeah. Yeah, it's the first book and I think the only book still that I've read cover to cover and then just started again and read it again. The way I describe it, Jody, is that it created a scaffold in my mind of all the things that were there already, but now I could actually use them and went just a pile of stuff on the floor. And, it, it, yeah go ahead and that was really really helpful for me just to start to be able to put things together it's like if you're you're trying to build a car and you've got a garage full of pieces it's like you might not even know it's a car let alone how to build the damn thing so it's a start for sure right and um you know i love that uh, th this is a tremendous book and um that it's stuck in your mind and and you were able to really use it in your environment, whether you're in London, the Philippines, Hong Kong, you were able to practice, the, you know, the concepts in order to sustain your change and to make positive patterns in your life. 
And um, so as you go on your journey, when, um, when would you say that you were taking coaching courses not related to those that were offered through your work? Yeah, it wasn't until I, I was on that personal development process, if you will, journey from when I lived in the Philippines to when I lived in Florida to when I lived in New York. And then it wasn't until, wasn't really until I decided that that's enough. I've got to get out of here. There was enough pain. And I started to think about what do I want to do? And my initial thought was, was to be a health coach because that was a big part of my life was working out, looking after myself, nutrition. And I thought like I'm going to combine I'm going to combine some of this stuff together. And I did a health health coaching certification, which you mentioned at the start, Primal Health Institute. And then I thought, oh, man, I don't know if I can really leverage all of the things that I've learned doing this. I've got 20 years of experience working with people and corporations all over the world. I should probably use some of that. Like there's stuff like there's a lot of value in that. And so health coaching, coaching overall is important to me. Health coaching, health is important to me. But I thought, okay, where can I make the most impact? I want to create as much abundance for me and my family. And, and that's why I moved into uh, coaching, performance coaching, business coaching, uh, and and that's how I see myself now. I, you know, I, I think it's a big thing that if you're a coach, you understand this, Jody. Is, of, of course you do. Coaching is coaching is coaching. And now everyone's got their different experience in different genres and areas of, of focus. Uh, but if, if by itself, and if you're not really aware of it, coaching it's, can just seem very nebulous, right? But And so I, I tend to think about myself as a, as a business coach or a performance coach, but Really, I believe I can help anyone with anything and uh, not because I'm so great, just because it's the same principles and concepts. Right. And they they really do filter into different areas of people's lives. If somebody loves their work, but they're they have no work life balance and they're getting burned out, they're going to have to take care of their health. Um, and so these things filter in if somebody is having uh, personal challenges with their colleagues or their partner, they're going to have to somehow work that out to make everything flow better. So um, we are, you know, we, be, we have to become comprehensive coaches and really look at that person's whole life. And that's, that is, uh, you know, for myself speaking, and it sounds like you as well, where we can make our biggest impact, which is great. Now, um, you know, I'm curious, what would you, you know, what are two or three tips that you would give our listeners to really gain fulfillment in their lives? Yeah, there's obviously a million things you can get to. Um, And, you know, the, the, the most obvious thing that jumps out to me every day, and I'm sure Jody to you as well, and in maybe the same way or a similar way, but as a coach, the, one of the things that is so obvious to me is that people don't really know what they want. Right? And so how can you possibly gain fulfillment in your life if you don't even know what you want? Um, because the instinct tends to be when asked, what do you want is to tell someone what you don't want. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in this job forever. I don't want to be in this relationship forever. I don't want to look like this forever. <laughs> That's great. So let's know what you don't want. And the best you can do there is just feel good about what you don't want. And that's where it starts is to get really clear. I always say that the first thing is awareness. Uh, I think that's the basis of everything. It's not everything, but it's the basis of everything. 
because you don't know what you don't know and it's what you don't see is what gets you and just being able to have your mind open to what's real for you what do you want and people want i want i want freedom it's like okay great what is that for you and really understand yourself that like that's not like i go two or three tips but it's like really it's the it's the key to the start. And then after that, it's just wherever you want to go. Right? And so think about it in terms of awareness and ask questions. Questions focus the mind. And so I'd say two or three tips for sure. But one tip more than anything else is just get clear. Mm. Be dirt honest with yourself. And I only really thought about this connection in the last couple of weeks, Jody. <clears throat> Excuse me. Awareness equals being dirt honest with yourself. That's it. <laughs> I like that. There's nothing else to move on <laughs> from until that's clear. Dirt honesty. And that's why you need a coach. And obviously, I'm going to say that because I completely believe it. I don't think everyone should have a coach. Hey, have you got a dentist? Have you got a doctor? You should have a coach. <laughs> Are you interested in success in your life? Then you should have a coach. And, <laughs> but I know that's not the case for everyone, and that's okay. Have something to bounce off of because if it's just you, you're second guessing yourself all the time. And uh, I think it, I think there's a Shakespeare quote, you know, which of course I'll butcher. Something like, you know, "I can see everything except for itself." So you want to do this work for yourself to really understand that dirt honesty for you. But it's going to be the most challenging for yourself because you can't see yourself, not in the same way that everyone else can as well. But that's the start. You got to really ask yourself: I want fulfillment. I want satisfaction. I want to be happy. It's like, okay, goodness, what does that mean for you? Hmm. Yeah, those are those are great questions. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's great to start digging into these layers of um, what is going to make you happy. It's interesting that when people start talking about what's going to make them happy, fear comes up because um, not only in, you know, there's risk taking to get those things, but just by mentioning it, people think they can't get it. You know, if I mention it, um, it's going to be too difficult and hard to get that. How do you deal with, with those kinds of attitudes when, when fear comes up in these, you know, self-questioning process? Yeah, it's it's like it's that's it. That is the biggest preventer as well. And and it's it's fear itself, and then it's the not it's the covering up the fear so you can't see the fear. <laughs> so right. for sure. Uh, I don't have any fear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I just I, yeah, people say to me, no, I don't I don't want to have a million dollars. It's like, well, okay, I could probably buy that, but what I'm, a million dollars is the pro proxy for freedom, right? It's like you tell me you don't want freedom, it's like I'm not buying that at all. Well, I go to the other side of that, Jody. So wherever you are in your life. And so I don't want to go down that road in case I can't get it, in case I'm not good enough, in case I'm not, no one will love me because that's where that goes. Mm -hmm. but you've got to go to the other side, well, what's the opportunity cost? If you don't, then what you have now is the best version of everything that you could have. And so right now, fast forward to the end of your life, is that good enough? If it is, fine. But I doubt it because you wouldn't be asking the question in the first place. Opportunity cost is huge. It's everything. If you spend a year going down a road that... You don't want to go down without intention. So you're meandering down this road. By the way, it's very different with intention. But if you're meandering down a road, you're going to continue going down that road because you're, there's no stationary part here. We're always moving. Life's going forward. Time does that for us. 
you know, what's that going to cost you? If you've got down a, a year down the road, you already know you don't want to go down. That's not just a year lost down that one road. That's a year lost invested into another road. So essentially that's two years lost. Are you okay with that? That's the place I would go for. That's great. I love the way you frame that because it's not, you know, it, it's just not losing what you have today, but losing what you have um, at some years in the future. And I, and I do believe it could be years in the future um, of not getting what you want and not living the life that that would bring you intense happiness and learning and and affecting those around you in a positive way, which is which is really great. So what is one thing that you would recommend um, to keep people motivated on that path of of let's say they they know they want to change jobs um, and they've just begun this whole journey. Um, what is your secret to motivation? I, I often say to people that, that there isn't a silver bullet, but if there was a silver bullet, it will be that there is no silver bullet. So stop looking. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> so that, that's my secret to motivation. There is no secret. But if there was one, it would be that there's no secret. So stop looking for it. It's like if you start to look for a secret, uh, you're looking for something that doesn't exist. And and again, that's opportunity cost because the time you could have you spent looking for that, you could just be working on what you want. Right? So uh, it's a it's a continuous, continuous, never an improvement process of getting clear about that, honest about where you are, what's important to you really, and pick a part of your life, whatever it might be, and then create an actual plan, the strategy behind it, and then work in the damn strategy every day, every week. And that never goes away. You know, the analogy of, let's say I flew from, from Charlotte, North Carolina to Marin County, California, come see you, Jody. I'm on the airplane and that airplane seems to be like it's flying in a straight line or at least a curved line across across the country. But the reality is that the computers work in autopilot to constantly make adjustments. Now, if that if that autopilot only adjusted and checked uh, on the trajectory three times through that journey, then that plane would be bouncing between Canada and Mexico all the way across the country and probably run out of fuel before it got to Marin County. So the more that you can measure, the more that you can manage and where you get an appearance of a straight line. That, that is what you need to hold yourself in a place of continuous improvement. There's no, I've got the motivation, I'm done. It doesn't mm -hmm. exist. I love I love that because we we have to there's there's honesty and reality when we measure what is we set out to do on that on that daily plan are we getting it done why aren't we getting it done what's getting in the way what's blocking us can really tell us a lot about ourselves this is all great information Nick um, I'm certain my listeners are going to get a lot out of that. Um, how can they contact you if they want more information? I'd like to share um, a, a website I have, uh, if, you, if it's okay, Jody. Um, some of the tools that I see from a practical perspective, I, I share on this website, you can get it at uh, achievers-mindset.com 
forward slash tools. And if you, you can sign up for my newsletter and you can get access to the toolbox, just some of the things that I see that you could practically use to kick things off, keep associated to some of that motivation you talked about. Uh, so achievers-mindset.com forward slash tools. And then you can, you can contact me through that. Great. Oh, that sounds wonderful. And that will help people stay on their journey. Well, Nick, um, it has been a pleasure talking to you today. And um, thank you again for offering some tools for listeners. And, um, you know, uh, it's, I'm hoping both of us continue on our positive personal growth journey, because that's where the rubber meets the road. <laughs> in in making, uh, you know, making our impact and having the best life possible. Absolutely. All right, Yay. All right Nick. Oh, my pleasure. And you take care. Okay. Thanks. I'm so grateful that you've listened to the end of this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review it and share it with your friends. I love teaching insights so that you can have a more impactful and meaningful life. It's my mission to build a thriving community of happy, fulfilled people. Want more? Visit my website at yourspectacularlife.com.